This is the 57th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, let's get right to the headline. Fox News really wanted to demonize trans people, and then Trump got indicted. This first clip is from Monday, the intro to The Five. And just minutes ago, Metro Nashville PD tweeted out the names of the victims. They have identified the uh, children uh, who were killed, all of them nine years old, as Evelyn Dykehouse, Hallie Scruggs, Scruggs and William Kinney. And then the... Um, Administrators or and or staff members who were killed, uh, Cynthia Peake, 61 years old, Catherine Kuntz, uh, who was 60 and the head of school, and Mike Hill, who was 61 years old. Again, police just now releasing those names on this very sad day in Nashville, Judge. Sad day indeed. Thank you very much, Jonathan. We will bring you the police news conference from Tennessee once it starts. In the meantime, our patriotism and hard work a thing of the past in Joe Biden's America. The left's endless bashing of the United States showcased in a stunning new poll. Just 38 percent of Americans say patriotism is very important to them, a severe drop from 70 percent in 1998. And worse, there are now less Americans who respect and appreciate hard work. It's no wonder when the White House is focused on equity and handouts. Now, when I saw that live, when I was capturing the episode, I immediately decided to put it on Twitter. Because I was appalled. Calling it jaw-dropping would be an understatement. Um... So the shooting happened at 10 p.m. Central Time, roughly, 10.15. And it immediately dominated the news cycle because whenever... Uh, we've become desensitized as a country to mass shootings because they are so frequent. But school shootings, especially when they involve incredibly young victims, um, you know, cut to the bone. And it, it this was horrific, what happened. And so... Immediately, all the focus went to this mass shooting in Nashville. And the five comes on at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they had plenty of time to prepare for this. And the producers, for whatever reason, chose to show this lead-in of a legitimate news reporter basically explaining the basics of what happened in the shooting and then to cut to this bizarre, fairly ridiculous segment about patriotism. And what makes it even stranger that Fox News would talk about patriotism is even though they're very much like in certain occasions, they'll have marching bands on, they go to rodeos, they talk about the great American presidents and our great past and stuff like this. They do that all the time. You know, their New Year's Eve celebration was very focused on rah-rah America. But at the same time, the, the network's incredibly negative towards this country on a daily basis. The economy is terrible. Joe Biden is terrible. Morally, we're going to hell. Everything's falling apart. The very fabric of our nation's falling apart. Democracy as we know it is falling apart. This evil weaponized justice system. Uh, everything's terrible is kind of Fox's underlying theme in most of their stories. Oh, we're being invaded by migrants. That's the other one. 
everything's terrible, but yet rah, rah, America. So it was very strange for them to have this segment. And then during the segment, which is based on a poll, and polls are very subject to all kinds of things that can throw them off and make them inaccurate. It's all about how you ask a question, not necessarily the results of a poll. But as they freaked out, they did the same thing in the segment. It was just America's terrible, everything's terrible, Biden's terrible, Democrats are terrible, liberals are awful, the country's going to hell, and they should be more patriotic, god damn it. Okay, Fox, whatever. So that they did eventually get to the mass shooting later in the program on the five. But I did find that opening, that A block, jarring and inappropriate and awful. So if you follow the news at all, you'll know that on Monday, uh, a 28-year-old person who had gone to this school previously walked into a school heavily armed and killed six people, three of them being children around age nine. Two of them were nine. One of them was about to be nine. And this individual happens to be trans. And when it was initially reported on, uh, the gender was labeled as female. And so this person was called her. And then it was later revealed that, that, that Hale wanted to be identified as a male. And that was part of her personal struggle. And uh, so Fox ran with this because, of course, they ran with this. They regularly demonize trans people. So that opened the Pandora's box of segment after segment after segment trashing trans people. Due to the confusion over Hale's gender, I will be referring to this person with they, them, gender-neutral pronouns. Not out of respect for Hale, because I really honestly couldn't care less, but out of respect for the larger trans community. We've all faced adversity. I, I don't take the argument that because this person was trans and they were picked on and bullied, that, that therefore it's sort, sort of... I mean, I think that's sick and disgusting that anybody would argue that. And I, I cannot, will not, will not hold back on that one. Plenty of people, majority of humanity has faced adversity as children, bullied, picked on, all abused, all kinds of horrible things happen to them. And 99.999% of us do not commit acts of violence against children like this. So I'm sorry that whatever was there to prevent Hale from going down this dark path didn't work, didn't stop this. But I'm not going to justify what this person did. Not at all. Absolutely no. And no one should be doing that. However, I don't think it's fair to lump in all trans people as if this one individual represents an entire group of people. Um, and before I keep going, I have to give a shout out to my sponsor, the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism. It's actually News Integrity Initiative. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. Um, and this, this project is also supported from readers and listeners. So if you want to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack or my Patreon, which is also Decoding Fox News. Um, just getting that out of the way. And now the next clip. I went through... Um, on Tuesday, because I was horrified, of course I was, by how Fox was handling this very difficult situation with the mass shooter, and it was exactly what you would think. And this is 
mostly Jesse Waters, but this was from the entire day. I went through and I just searched for trans shooter, trans mass shooter, and a transcript and put it all together. So Democrats in the media not waiting for any of these facts to come out. They moved immediately to politicize the attack. I want to know if this woman trans man is 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 shooting up a Christian school that she knew was a Christian school. Is it a hate crime? Well, school shooter was identified as a 28-year-old who is transgender. The suspect who identifies as a transgender was a former student. The shooter identified as a 28-year-old transgender former student. The surveillance video from inside the school shows the trans killer neutralizing the trans killer. The police chief says the trans shooter handed about a manifesto. The trans mass shooter messaged a friend saying this. So a mentally ill trans girl was stockpiling guns. What's going on in the trans community? Remember, there have been members of the trans community calling for a day of rage. And a radical trans group, the Trans Resistance Network, is already coming to the Nashville shooter's defense. So the trans community is sympathizing with the child killer. CNN is saying the trans situation had nothing to do with the hate crime. He wants to strip your rights away because of what a trans killer did. It's too dicey to talk about parents and transgender, mental health, hardening soft targets. They don't want to go there. Surgeons are making an obscene amount of money off trans. How does the trans element factor into the violence here? It's very central to the violence. They didn't, quote-unquote, accept the facts that she was transgender. It's a lie that parents have to choose between a live transgender child and a dead straight one. Why do you think the press doesn't want to focus on the parents' accountability, on the mental illness, on the trans factor? You mentioned the trans issue. Can we now finally talk about militant trans violence and what these activists are leading us to? You saw the top of the show. We have this trans mass shooter. The fact that it was a fact that the shooter was a trans individual and that the last four mass shootings have involved trans individuals. So imagine being the parent of a trans child and hearing that. Again, that was one day, just one day. And I honestly think Fox would have kept going in that direction had Trump not got indicted. And then that was a much bigger story and they've shifted focus. Although they did bring the trans shooter up during the Trump indictment evening. So very briefly, um, trans people, anyone who knows anything about the trans community knows that they are subject to violence. Specifically trans women more than trans men, but trans people in general are subject to to violence. This is not, uh, I'm not making this up, but you can look up the data. They're subject to, to violence due to deep seated hatred um, and fear of the trans community, even though trans people have existed since the beginning of time. Fox News regularly demonizes this group, regularly dehumanizes them. It's a specific thing that they've been doing for months now. And they lump them in with drag queens, which is part of the reason why we've seen all this violence erupt at drag queen story hours all over the country. So I'm just going to go right into this next clip. And this is Jesse Waters. And I broke it up. So it's going to be basically a quote by Jesse Waters and then me. And then a quote by Jesse Waters and me. And the hyperlinks to everything that I cite in this clip are, can be found at the news, newsletter. So here we go. This is Jesse Waters trying to make the argument that there was like a trend among trans shooters. Well, in 2018 in Aberdeen, Maryland, a trans shooter opened fire on a pharmaceutical distribution center. So in 2018, there were approximately 340 mass shootings, 
one person would be the equivalent of less than one third of one percent. In 2019, a trans high schooler shot up his school in Denver. In 2019, there was approximately 417 mass shootings. One person would be the equivalent of uh, less than one quarter of one percent. And just back in November, a Colorado Springs nightclub was shot up by someone who identified as non-binary. So last year, 2022, there was approximately 647 mass shootings. So one person would be the equivalent of basically 0.15 of a percent, which is about a tenth and a half of a percent. And finally, with a Nashville shooter, so far this year, there have been 131 mass shootings. So one person would be the equivalent of 0.76%, so basically three-fourths of a percent. So Jesse Waters had a congresswoman and an expert on to talk about this, and they both got a basic stat completely wrong. The fact is, is that the activists and liberal media completely went silent after the fact that it was a fact that the shooter was a trans individual and that the last four mass shootings have involved trans individuals. Now that was Representative Anna Paulina Luna of Florida. She's kind of a controversial character because she probably lied about her past. She said she was Jewish and she's not. Regardless, I don't know what she's talking about in terms of four, the the past four mass shootings have involved trans people. Again, in 2023, we've already had 131. That number was checked um, this weekend. It's probably higher now. Um, And what is she talking about? The last high profile mass shooting that we had was actually a school shooting was Michigan State. And that did not involve uh, anyone who was trans that I am aware of. It was kind of random, apparently. So what is she talking about? He just described three mass shootings with trans people, but it was over a span of five years. And then the fourth one was the one in in Nashville. Now, this next person that you're going to hear says something equally puzzling. Penny Nance, she's the CEO of Concerned Women of America, which is a evangelical Christian advocacy group. And this is what she says. So I think that's, and you pointed out, there's been four trans mass shootings in the last five months, Jesse. Now, what Jesse Waters actually just demonstrated is that there was four mass shootings involving a trans person over the course of five years, not five months. And with numbers as high as 647 mass shootings in a year, That's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage, as I just showed in each example. This is just a sliver. The trans community itself is very small. So to act as if this is a trend is completely absurd. But people will hear her say that and they will repeat it as if that is fact when it is not. Now, there was some sanity on Fox News last week. And I hate to say this. This just... This twists my brain into pretzels. But Greg Gutfeld, yes, I just said this. Greg Gutfeld, not Jessica Turloff. Greg Gutfeld, not the liberal, actually made a brilliant point. And I I will give this to him. I agreed with everything he said in this next clip. Now, the irony is I'm not working for Fox News. I'm an independent uh, weirdo who does a podcast out of my apartment. And you can hear the cats making noise. They're driving me crazy today. But Greg Gutfeld actually works for a network that is doing the exact opposite of what he advocates for here. 
but he makes a lot of good sense. And I, you know, I'll give him that. I'll give him that as much as I dislike that man. This quote is spot on. I don't, I don't necessarily need the information, to be honest with you. I mean, there is math to this. When a mass shooting occurs, there's an increased probability of another one within 13 days because of something called generalized imitation. That's when a person's behavior is amplified and influences other people's behavior to engage in similar actions. We know this happens with mass shootings. The World Health Organization has issued guidelines for suicide, um, reporting suicide, to reduce the, the, the incidence of copycats or imitational suicide. I really wish, you know, we sit here, we do this all the time. Oh, boy, how, why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? Look in the mirror. You know, we, we constantly, prominently place these stories. We repeat facts over and over again. The frequency plays a role. We provide step-by-step descriptions of the crime. We do not limit the use of photos or videos. We have live press events. What I'm talking about is we increase the spectacle of an event so that it stays in somebody's mind. The more you increase the frequency of a report, the more likely somebody's going to hear it and be influenced by it. All I'm saying is treat this, change the reporting methods, finally. Let's just change the reporting methods and treat it like we treat teen suicides, celebrity suicides. We do actually tamp down that coverage. I realize what I'm about to say is controversial. It's already controversial. I'm agreeing with Greg Gutfeld. It's already bonkers right there. Um, there is a movement by some in journalism to go in the opposite direction. I don't happen to agree with them. And these people want to show the brutality of mass shootings perpetrated on children. They want to, they want to show, I, I, I can't even say this, but they want to show basically what these high powered assault rifles do to tiny bodies. They want to show the blood, the gore the graphic nature of what happens. The point being is that the American public will wake up and be even more outraged and say enough is enough. I don't think that that would work. And I base this on so, as someone who's studied and researched extremism. There is no limit to dep- depravity. Human beings will become desensitized to anything. We used to have public executions And people attended them as if they were sporting events. People attended lynchings. Human beings can accept pretty much anything. And sadly, what I think would happen is the opposite. Instead of becoming outraged, people would just become even more desensitized. And the far right and the conspiracy theory nuts would pick these images up. They'd plaster them on Reddit. They already do this. They already do this. And they would make up false narratives of, oh, they've done this with Sandy Hook. This is partly what uh, motivated Alex Jones. Oh, look, this, you know, gun is on this part of the body and the the blood spatter is on this edge. And this proves that this person wasn't shot. This person was actually bludgeoned or this is an actor. This is a dummy. That's not a human being. That's what they do. They make up these false narratives. And I know that there are people who completely wholeheartedly disagree with me on this one. I've seen experts who also study extremism basically take my side of it and that they say we've got to stop personally i think that the shooter shouldn't be named just name it after the shooting we shouldn't even call these people out we shouldn't use their images we shouldn't talk about them we should not post manifestos we should not include interviews with their childhood friends or their parents or any stop it because what it does and shooters have said this i was motivated by i was inspired by i reported on 
Elliot Roger, who is a person who murdered people because he was a virgin and he was angry about it. And he made a series of videos where he looked into the camera and, you know, poor me, poor me. And you talk about adversity not being that big of a deal. Like some people are truly abused as children, horribly neglected as children, and they never commit violence. And this young man who had money, who had a nice fancy car, was whining about the fact that women didn't like him. Where he, you know, he could have gotten a sex worker. There's plenty of masturbatory things all over the internet he could have indulged in. All kinds of outlets. But instead, he just felt sorry for himself and hated the world. So, you know, anybody could twist this. And when... I, I mention Elliot Roger because after his um, crime occurred, fan pages for him sprouted up all over social media. Fan pages. Because his manifestos were printed and people celebrated what he did. He killed strangers in cold blood because he felt sorry for himself. So because of this disgusting incel movement where men feel sorry for themselves and think women are prizes that they should be able to attain. Um, yes, unfortunately, there were fan pages. So I would agree with Greg Gutfeld. We've got to stop this. But Greg Gutfeld works for Fox News. And Fox News is the exact opposite of downplaying these murders and downplaying these events. They charged them up for political purposes, and that's exactly what they did last week. And I'm about to play you a clip that made me so angry that I... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems holding it in right now. In that, this individual, this person, did have some type of manifesto, and for, for reasons we don't know, the FBI is holding it back for the moment. It will be released. Fox is trying to twist this whole thing into this is a person who who hated Christians and she was she or he was trans and they went on a vendetta to destroy Christianity out of pure hatred. When in fact this person attacked the church that um, their parents were involved in. This person attacked the school that they were sent to. This was personal in my humble opinion. And this person also targeted public schools that were not Christian. And decided not to uh, unleash fury on these schools because they had armed guards in front of them, apparently. That's part of the story. But Fox is just hungry for this manifesto because they want to prove that somehow this is a political plot by trans people and trans people are evil and yada yada. So I'm going to play this clip. This is just them mentioning this manifesto. Little window here when we see this manifesto, which should be released probably tomorrow. I mean, if you read the manifesto, you'll know whether this was trans-motivated, a hate crime against Christians. You'll know everything. So it's like, I bet we'd know the issue if we read her manifesto. So where is the manifesto? Liberals are putting up a fight to block the manifesto. Why? It's 28 years old. She's right. not. But should know, there a have minor. been something along the way? Was there things in the background? And why haven't we seen this manifesto yet? I mean, it's, they said it right away. We'd love to find out. It looks like we have a lot to go through uh, to find out what the psychological approach well, is. Well, they have not yet released a manifesto. Another Fox News alert. We now know that the Covenant School Shooters Manifesto in Nashville will be made public. It's just a question of when. Talk, I've talked about this on the podcast before when I opened up a guest who was on Tucker Carlson tonight who was like, 
kind of feeding this whole mass shooter universe. We've had mass shooters in the past who were inspired by a Batman movie. You know, it was a Batman movie and a graphic novel that was in Aurora, Colorado. Elliot Roger killed strangers because he couldn't get a girlfriend. You know, that's not actually a major tragedy. There are people who go through absolutely horrific childhoods of abuse and neglect and they come out okay and they don't hurt other people. Someone who is a mass shooter is not acting rationally and they can take anything in their situation and twist it around and make themselves into this horrible victim and justify their actions, especially when they're killing innocent children. That's not rational. And I don't understand personally the idea that we can fixate on a manifesto or publish a manifesto and somehow we will figure out, oh, this is what we missed and this is what we missed and now therefore We won't have any more mass shootings because it's not working. We're having more and more and more mass shootings. So personally, again, I don't think that these shooters should be named. I don't think their images should be used, especially when they've died at the scene. What is the point? If you want to look at what did we miss as far as, you know, warning signs, sure. But the real problem is guns. And of course, Fox is not going to say that. But the fact that that this person who just committed the last mass shooting had emotional problems, was in therapy, may or may not have been on medication, may or may not have been, you know, had multiple warning signs all over the place that they had a problem, was able to legally purchase, you know, high-powered weapons that could tear bodies apart. And nothing was done about it. Absolutely no red flags on any of this. Just, okay, go right ahead, buy your guns. And the gun lobby in this country has lost its mind. And that they will fight over laws like New York, where we had very strict laws about gun ownership and concealed carry and all of that. And these, you know, radical advocates came to the state and tore down some of our laws in this far-right Supreme Court, weakened laws by the state of New York that the voters wanted, that the legislature passed. So... I, I'm worked up. I'm angry about this. And I know a lot of people in the country are angry about this. And there's a huge protest in Tennessee right now with young people who are angry about this because it affects their lives every single day. They're the ones having to go through mass shooter drills and being terrified out of their minds. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be done about it, but Fox News is part of the problem. And that's why I had to play all of those clips and show you how bad this is. Even when you had a voice of reason, which of all of people is Greg Gutfeld, saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't focus on these shooters so much. You had them double, triple downing on, where's this manifesto? And, you know, no one on Fox News is going to dare say that guns might be part of the problem. How dare you, they would say instead. So to try to come off of that, we'll go into this next clip, which is features Lindsey Graham. And I heard from a lot of people that they liked my Lindsey Graham impersonation, even though I will admit that that was improvised in the moment when I recorded the last podcast. So this one, I'm trying a little bit harder to get it right, and I just started on this impression. It'll get better over time. But Lindsey Graham has a very specific cadence and rhythm to the way he speaks. It's oddly tentative, like he's 
always kind of asking a question when he's not. And I think one of my favorite Lindsey Graham moments was when he promoted um, Herschel Walker, probably one of the worst senatorial candidates in the history of the country. And he used the message of, well, we need to elect a black man to the Senate. But Herschel Walker was also running against a black man. So that was odd. And uh, Lindsey Graham never seemed to recognize the fact that the other senator from South Carolina is actually an, a black man himself. So that was odd. And I will add that that senator, unlike Herschel Walker, is even though, you know, maybe I might not agree with his politics, is a, is a brilliant, educated, well-spoken a man that he, like, how could you miss that, Lindsay? How could, how could you miss that? Anyway. So yes, the man I'm referring to is Senator Tim Scott, who some say might actually run for president in this uh, term. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but he's been on Fox many times. He's a very intelligent um, man, well-educated, has a great story. I might not agree with his politics, but he's, you know, he's very capable. He's, he's, he makes Herschel Walker, I, you can't even put the two men in the same category. They're both black men, but that's it. They share nothing else in common. And, you know, Tim Scott makes Lindsey Graham look like an idiot. So, uh, yeah, and Lindsey Graham just conveniently forgot that Tim Scott exists. <laughs> he kept talking about black senators, and I'm like, hi, I'm raising my hand. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that Raphael Warnock is also a black man. Number one. Number two, Tim Scott. Senator Tim Scott. Ten anyway, whatever. So this next clip is about the Restrict Act. And this was Jesse Waters trying to do like a gotcha with Lindsey Graham. And this is funny because the full clip, uh, Jesse Waters keeps describing the Restrict Act. And when he's on script, when he's on teleprompter, he sort of makes sense. The minute he goes off script, it's very clear to the viewers that he has no idea what he's talking about. But the fun thing is, neither did Lindsey Graham. So this descended into two men just kind of going, uh, Bill is bad, bad Bill. That's a bad Bill, bad Bill. And they, yeah, it's, it's humorous. Here we go. Graham, who supports this and is here now. You got to be kidding me, Senator. Did you read this? Yeah, I don't think I support the Restrict Act. <laughs> you don't support this because you were named as one of the supporters because this is garbage. Well, is this the one with John? There's two bills out there. One allows a review of businesses that that are connected to China, give the secretary the ability to protect our data. Uh, is that the Restrict Act? We got S-686 right here, yeah. March 7th. Mm -hmm. And we got a bunch of Republicans supporting it because this thing is crazy town. You don't want yeah. the government looking into your private phone. No, I don't. If and they, they have can't. a hunch you're colluding with the <laughs> Russians, we remember how yeah, that turned that's out. That's right. Yeah, no. Well, the Constitution trumps a statute. So let me come back and, uh, you know, give you a better explanation. So I did look up the bill. Lindsey Graham is a co-sponsor. thought it was funny that Jesse Waters didn't know the term co-sponsor. You notice he just goes, you supported this and it's bad. It's terrible. Once he was off teleprompter, he had no idea how to describe it. No clue. Just, it's bad. This is crazy. It's not really a very good Jesse Waters, but um, that's what he did. And so it's a bipartisan bill. It's almost equal perfectly between Republicans and uh, Democrats. I think the main co-sponsor is a Republican. 
I believe it's Thune. I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter. It's brand new. It's in committee. It'll be changed radically before it gets turned into a law. If it gets turned into a law. One thing that just generally speaking, when people freak out about a bill, roughly, it depends on the Congress. You can look it up. There's a great resource online that will show you exactly in any given um, Congress how successful the bill to law rate you know, conversion is. And it's about 2 to 4%. It's incredibly, incredibly low. And when a bill is in committee, it's just been written. So it will go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then if it makes it to one house, it passes. A lot of changes will be made. If it goes to the other house, a lot of changes will be made. So it to, to freak out about a brand new bill is a little premature. But Fox is already doing that. They keep referring to this Restrict Act as like this evil thing. And I'm like, it's not an, it's not a law yet. Calm down. It probably won't be a law, not in the way it's written now. So, and it has to do with TikTok. It's ultimately one of the ways of the movement to get rid of TikTok, to make it illegal. I'm not a fan of TikTok. So I do think it is controlled by the Chinese government based on my own personal experience of stuff that's been censored and cut down and suppressed on that platform. That's kind of a whole other conversation for another podcast. But um, I did include a section in this newsletter where I briefly break down what happened on Thursday night. Now, I already dedicated a podcast episode to it. This is sort of a supplemental, if you want to check it out. Um, I go through each show, and I just briefly pull a quote from each show and talk about a guest from each show. Um, It's a bit long for this podcast, but this is basically Thursday. It broke on the five, and then we went all the way to Ingram Angle and... Uh, Fox News only had one five-minute commercial break in that entire time. And every single show dedicated every second of its program to the Trump indictment. There was no other issues discussed. Uh, They had guests on uh, all over the place. Trey Gowdy, Jonathan Turley, um, comedians. That was the oddest one. Dan Bongino, who I made fun of on the podcast. Glenn Beck, who had like a complete meltdown and predicted the end of the world. Rod Blavojevich, which was very bizarre, he was a former disgraced governor of Illinois who was incredibly corrupt. Um, uh, Trump pardoned him, so Tucker Carlson had Blagojevich come on. And that was probably one of the more interesting clips. It was just hard to turn it into a soundbite. Bl- Bl- that's why I didn't include it in anything on Twitter, because he didn't talk in soundbites. It was like kind of long, and it was... Blagojevich just talking about himself the whole time, which that was pretty hilarious. He's just like, I didn't do anything wrong, and I was persecuted, and da-da-da-da-da. Me, 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 me. Never mentioned that Trump pardoned him. Tucker didn't mention that Trump pardoned him. And he just talked about himself. And I was like, that was hilariously useless. Um, And then uh, Hannity, he had Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham was crying, begging people to donate. And then the Ingram angle... Her probably most interesting guest was David Schoen, who represented Trump in a second impeachment trial. And then she had her usual cavalcade of the same people. I will add very quickly, I don't have a media clip for this, but Miranda Devine, because I have so many media clips for this episode already, uh, she was the only person, I'm going to just read it. Um, She said, because her accent's so thick anyway, she's Australian. She's kind of hard to understand sometimes. So I'll just read it anyway. So this is what she said. And she was the only person the entire evening uh, to make this point. The entire evening. (laughs) People kept saying, well, 
this is, you know, solidifies Trump, this persecution of Trump. He's got the nomination. He's got the nomination for the GOP. This is what Miranda Devine said. They want to sort of usher Donald Trump into the GOP nomination as an injured party and that every decent patriot in the country is going to rally around because you don't want the evildoers to win who have weaponized the justice system against their political opponents. But on the other hand, I think it makes him very damaged goods for the general election. That was shocking for a number of reasons because nobody else said that on Fox News the entire evening, not a single guest. And Miranda Devine is hardly a moderate. She wrote a book about Hunter Biden called The Laptop from Hell, which I'm sure she's made plenty of money off of. She's a reporter for the New York Post, also owned by Murdoch. She's very, very far right, I would say, in her political views. And um, she's kind of a shady character. She got sued for defamation by the mother of a small child who had dwarfism, who'd been bullied. And the mother and the child had made a series of videos about his plight. And Miranda Devine, for whatever reason, decided that this this small child was actually an adult actor and this was a scam. And she was very vocal about that on Twitter, without any evidence, of course. And the mother successfully um, sued Miranda. They didn't actually go to trial. I believe it was settled. Um, and Miranda Devine had to issue a public apology and paid this woman about $400,000. So, yeah, that's Miranda Devine. So for her to say that was just mind-blowing. So this next section is what takes me the most work, believe it or not, every single week. But people give me great feedback on it, and I know it's kind of hard to sit through, but again, I get good feedback on this every single week because people appreciate it. This is Stories Fox News Ignored. Every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following is a list of stories that PBS covered that Fox did not The U.S. Senate held a hearing titled, No Company is Above the Law, The Need to End Legal Union Busting at Starbucks. During the hearing, Howard Schultz, Starbucks board member and former CEO, openly sparred with Senator Bernie Sanders over the company's anti-union practices. Republicans in the House of Representatives passed a bill that would roll back many of Biden's regulations on fossil fuels. It is not expected to survive the Senate. The network continued its series of segments exploring the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War, the network being PBS. According to the Director General of the UN Nuclear Agency, Rafael Grassi, a Russian-occupied nuclear power plant in Ukraine is still vulnerable to an accident or meltdown. Ivan Krasanovich, an American journalist working for the Wall Street Journal, was arrested and detained in Russia on espionage charges. Last week marked the one-year anniversary of the liberation of the Ukrainian city of Bukha from Russian forces. Soldiers found hundreds of dead civilians in the streets and mass graves when they entered what was left of the city. Belarus might host strategic nuclear missiles along with parts of Russia's tactical nuclear arsenal on the border of several NATO countries. The World Health Organization recommended an additional booster for high-risk patients. Fox News featured a story where they claimed the WHO revised its recommendations for vaccines for children. The network misrepresented the story. It basically said that for populations with a lack of resources, high-risk groups should be vaccinated first and that children may not need a booster shot. Fox News turned that into children don't need to be vaccinated, which was incorrect. That's not what the report actually said. 
The General Assembly of the UN adopted a resolution requesting the International Court of Justice to prove an advisory opinion on states' obligations concerning climate change. A federal judge ruled that former Vice President Mike Pence must testify before a grand jury as part of the Justice Department's investigation into former President Donald J. Trump's role in the riot on the Capitol on January 6th. The U.S. Justice Department and EPA filed a complaint against Norfolk Southern for unlawful discharge of pollutants and hazardous substances in East Palestine derailment. The point of the lawsuit is to force the company to pay for all damages and cleanup costs. Protests, strikes, and riots continued throughout France over President Emmanuel Macron's decision to increase the retirement age from 62 to 64. Labor unions in Germany staged a long-ranging transportation one-day strike. The unions are seeking wage increases to keep up with inflation. The city of Minneapolis agreed to reorganize the city's police force three years after a black man, George Floyd, died at the hands of a white police officer. The United States and South Korea conducted defense naval exercises to counter North Korea's buildup of ballistic missiles. PBS produced an extended segment on Rina Morales Roja, a missing undocumented immigrant from El Salvador. Boston police waited six weeks before they put out an appeal to the public to help find her. Missing women of color are generally not given the same priority as white women by the media or law enforcement. Pope Francis was hospitalized for a respiratory infection that was not COVID-19. He responded well to antibiotics and was released. Last week, the Kentucky legislature voted to override the governor's veto of what has been called the most anti-LGBTQ bill in the country. Protests erupted in the Capitol, resulting in 19 arrests. Fox News tried to tie this into anti-gun protests in Tennessee and the school shooting in Nashville. Several states have anti-trans bathroom bills that would criminalize trans people from using public restrooms. A new law in the state of Utah would dramatically limit minors' access to social media platforms. It requires anyone under 18 to get parental consent before joining a social media platform. It gives parents access to children's accounts and sets a curfew on social media use. Sam Bankman-Fried was criminally indicted for attempting to bribe Chinese officials to unfreeze assets related to his cryptocurrency business. China staged combat patrols over the Taiwan Strait amid Taiwan President Xiang Ingwen's visit to the United States. Ingwen briefly stopped in New York City en route to Central America. Former far-right President Jair Bolsonaro returned to Brazil after a three-month stay in Florida. Singer Joni Mitchell was awarded the Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. PBS produced a segment about the homeless crisis in Washington, D.C. that explored how city agencies were tackling the problem after programs that helped during the COVID-19 health emergency have expired. Judge Reed O'Connor of the U.S. District Court for Northern District of Texas on Thursday ruled that the ACA provision requiring health plans to cover certain kinds of preventative care was unconstitutional. The ruling could affect as many as 160 million Americans. On Friday, the Department of Justice filed an appeal against the, filed an appeal against the ruling. The Republican-led legislature in North Carolina voted for Medicaid expansion. The state became the 40th in the country to fully expand Medicaid as part of the Affordable Care Act. Huma Yousaf became the first Muslim elected to rule the Scottish government. 
A Maryland appellate court on Tuesday reinstated the conviction of Anad Syed. The court said that the lower court had violated the rights of the victim's brother, Young Lee, to attend a key September hearing when a judge vacated Syed's conviction leading to his release. Syed, for the moment, will remain a free man. He's expected to remain a free man, but it's kind of a technical thing. They have to have another hearing. An annual report by the boards of trustees of the Social Security and Medicare Trust Funds warned that both programs could become insolvent by 2033 if changes aren't made by Congress. Political satirist and comedian Mark Russell died at the age of 90. He was best known for his series of bi-monthly comedy specials on PBS from 1975 to 2004. And those are all the stories that anyone watching the shows on Fox that I did would have completely missed. Now, I'm kind of way over time on this episode, so very briefly, uh, the top five topics by percentage for Fox News last week were Trump indictment took up 24% of airtime, and I didn't even include uh, for this graph the night that I watched all those extra programs. That was just Fox and Friends of the Five and Jesse Waters, 24% Trump indictment. And again, it happened on Thursday, so that's how heavily the, the network is promoting that story. The mass shooting in Nashville was 13%, Gwyneth Paltrow civil suit, 3%, border crisis, 3%, and Matt Tahibi's IRS situation, 3%. PBS, didn't even mention Matt Tahibi, by the way. Artist profile, 10%. Trump indictment, 10%. Mass shooting in Nashville, 10%. So those two stories were given equal time. American journalists detained in Russia for espionage, 6%. Now, I want to point out that that journalist works for the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by the same person who owns Fox News, which would be Rupert Murdoch. You'd think they'd care more. 20th anniversary of the Iraq War, 6%. If you want to watch a great series on the exploration of what's happened to Iraq since the war, mistakes that were made during the war, all of that, please check out the PBS NewsHour. It's a great segment. Great great series. They had uh, Wolfowitz on there and he was doubling, tripling down. And I was just, whoo, if you, my age or older, you'll know what I'm talking about. I can't waste too much time on that. I'm running out of time. So words used on Fox for the, the same week. Trump was at 264, Biden 179, China 128, crime shot way up at 112, trans 101 times, staggering, border 87, Christian 59, Justice, 45, Manifesto, 37, Russia, 29, AOC, 20. There was like a story about her. Um, Soros, 19, trans shooter, 13. I looked at like trans shooter, trans mass shooter, specifically when they put those two together is 13 times. Inflation, 13, Hunter, 12, Ukraine, 8, and around 5. This week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends, The Five, and Tucker Carlson tonight, and hopefully be getting something out to the paid subscribers pretty much finished. I still just need to polish it up a bit. It's about Hunter Biden, everybody's favorite. And that's it. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I did get a chance to look through. I should say this every week. I don't even think to say this. Please review the podcast if you can. Um, I hadn't checked the reviews, partly because I was a little paranoid about them. And they were all five stars. And it was about 74 reviews. And I actually cried. I had no idea. I don't want to get emotional. This I worked so hard at this project, and I kind of came up with it myself with the help of Jeff Jarvis. Um, so I just had no idea. I had no idea. So thank you so much for your support. Again, if you want to become a paid subscriber, it's greatly appreciated. 
Um, I'm hoping to make this entire project self-funded so I don't have to rely on the grant and I don't have to rely on anybody else and I can just keep this going and keep everybody informed. Um, definitely didn't get in this to become wealthy, let me tell you. Um, again, in my cats, Odin and Thor, also send their love. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast. <laughs>